Percy, what's your position on counseling and seeing a mental health professional while undergoing cancer treatment? My position is simple, Wayne. Uh, and that is if one feels overwhelmed, stressed, basically trying to seek clarity in the midst of a cancer journey, they should strongly consider reaching out to someone and anyone that they that can help them decompress their feelings and emotions. Uh, we've talked about this before, and we are going to continue to talk about it. So I think that we should pursue this and, and other things with this conversation today. All right. We're going to hear from a twin sister who is diagnosed just one month away from her sister's diagnosis, and she talks about mental health support. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Pastor P is Director of Underserved Communities at City of Hope, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, here's the deal, Percy. We've met some guests previously who were twin sisters. That was in an episode a few episodes ago. And then we met one sister individually. That was Alicia. Today, we get to Aletta. We get to talk with Aletta. Yeah, we're going to hear her story now. Again, I know that twins basically share a lot, but there are still some unique components to each one of these twin sister stories. And we're going to hear that today. And Aletta is going to kind of emphasize some things that I think is going to be very important. It's going to be a little bit different than what her sister emphasized with regard to her cancer journey. Yeah, as we would expect. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And thank you for reviewing this podcast wherever you listen. You may listen through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You may listen on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Perhaps you listen on, uh, let's see, Spotify, any number of podcast platforms that carry health, hope, and inspiration. But be sure to subscribe and leave that review. It's very, very helpful. One more thing you can do is that if you have a question for us that you'd like to submit to Percy, we're welcoming those questions at our website. That's healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, here's a question, actually a comment, and we rejoice at this comment. This comes mm -hmm. to us from Waverly, West Virginia. I know you have it in front of you as well. Do you want to share this one? I do, yeah. Waverly, West Virginia, and it says this. I'm so excited to see this podcast. I wanted to tell you all my story. I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and in four treatments, it was all gone. Wow. Praise God. <laughs> I'm now five years cancer-free. Amen and thank you. And again, my reaction to that, and I'm sure yours will be the same, Wayne, is that we love to hear uh, successful cancer victories and stories. And so we appreciate that. But more importantly, there's probably someone that is listening today who's being encouraged by that and who mm -hmm. needs to hear that, that, that pick me up and to cheer them up a little bit. They may be in the midst of their journey that in many cases, cancer is treatable, it right. is beatable, and it is survivable. Yep. It's not a death sentence, is it? No, not necessarily any longer. And so, as I've often said, and I say over myself, uh, one day I am going to die, but not necessarily today and not necessarily from cancer. And so with that being said, continue to be encouraged. Thank you for your comment to us. You can leave your comment or ask a question of Percy at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Also at that same website, we have a featured resource each week. This week it's called The Pursuit of Quality Living. And since we have the author sitting right here, I got to talk to you about it, Percy. Yeah, this is, uh, I love this uh, resource. And, and when I uh, penned it, it was around the idea of helping cancer patients to find 
uh, the dynamics of life that brings quality and value back to you. Because sometimes during a cancer journey, there can be some things that can be compromised with your day-to-day living. And the goal for many cancer patients is to focus on those things that bring value and quality back to you. Family time, you know, uh, talking, writing, uh, you know, things that matter at the end of the day. So pursue the things that matter and let go of the things that don't matter so much. Because, again, this is about quality living uh, as you move forward. And I believe that this uh, resource will empower you to think more along the lines of what brings value and quality to my life that I need to focus on while being a cancer patient. Why don't you take a moment, even as you listen, and go to the website healthhopeandinspiration.com and download The Pursuit of Quality Living, our featured resource this week. We always feature a spiritual nugget, a verse of scripture that comes to mind as we anticipate the interview to come. Percy, what do you have in mind today? So our spiritual nugget, Proverbs 11 and 14, says this, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And again, we'll hear more from this interview that'll help us to understand the the sentiment of this, because as we surround ourselves with others and people that can help us think and process, we begin to insulate uh, ourselves in a way that will help us to process and think about what's going on, particularly from a cancer perspective, because sometimes uh, cancer patients can feel overwhelmed with all of the information and all of the data. And so with this, surrounding yourself with good counsel will help you to be able to navigate and maneuver through your process as safely as possible. We'll share Percy's interview with Aletta here in just a moment. With locations in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona, City of Hope is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Just visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. The word hope, 866-712-HOPE. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's turn to our interview this week, pre-recorded with Percy McRae and our very special guest. Here's Percy. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, and I am back, Reverend Percy McRae, the cancer pastor, and I have uh, my follow-up conversation. If you've been listening over the last couple of weeks, I have been speaking with uh, twin sisters who were diagnosed with breast cancer one month apart from each other. Again, I say twin sisters diagnosed with breast cancer one month apart. And we heard from uh, her sister, uh, Alicia, last week. And today we're going to hear from Aletta Sayas, who's going to tell us about some of her personal dynamics with her journey uh, and so we're excited to have her back. Welcome back to the show, Sister Aletta. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm. Thank you for reaching me out to too. me. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> thank you for getting my attention. Because again, this is a. I think this is a great story, and I, and still being written because, uh, as stated in the previous two shows, both you and your sister are still actively treating, at the time yeah. of this recording, uh, for your breast cancer, and and we're we're going to talk a little bit about your journey. 
and particularly right now, some clinical dynamics uh, that you are undergoing. Uh, you were diagnosed at 50 years old, a month apart uh, from your sister. You're the oldest of the two twins. And yes. yep. And so with that, let's talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, what type of treatment are you receiving right now and have you received for your breast cancer? Okay. So right now I'm receiving treatment. Let's see. It started from December the 16th, 2022, and it is straight chemotherapy. Okay. And what's interesting, and I, I, I want to make sure I dovetail back into this point, you work for a healthcare system, a medical uh, hospital healthcare system where I believe you're receiving your treatment and care, correct? Yes, that is correct. So uh, how how is it, and again, I've been through this because when I was receiving, when I had my surgery, uh, I also had surgery performed by uh, City of Hope, which was then called Cancer Treatment Centers of America, now City of Hope. Oh, okay. I received uh, my treatment there with people that I worked with for 18 years. And I got to tell you, uh, it, it was wonderful to be able to be surrounded by people that I knew, that I loved, that I that I you know I trusted and supported, what was the benefit for you in receiving, or is the benefit for you in receiving your treatment and care where you also work? How is how does that dynamic work and play for you? Well, let me be honest with you. When I because normally when I do, considering that I do work for the hospital where I'm receiving treatment, I don't normally tell. <laughs> certain departments that I'm, that I'm an employee, okay, okay. you know, just to protect my privacy. Sure. However, when this offer started, um, the nurse navigator, she was very adamant about, you know, letting the radiologist know that I was an employee. She was like, well, I need to make sure that you're treated right. She said, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to let everybody know that you are an employee. Okay. So the radiology department did find out I was an employee um, by way of the nurse navigator. However, for a long time, my oncologist did not know I was an employee. Ah. It finally got to her by someone else. I'm sure it was the radiology department. Yeah. But then that, no one knew I was an employee. Okay. After going to all these different departments, no one knew. But they know now. Though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're you're receiving treatment where you also work, and you know you've gone through that process. Um, with that being said, um, how have you been able to manage your treatment at this point? How have you fared? How are things going for you? Well, actually, I was told um, the first um, round of treatments, the first four, because it goes in different parts, I was told that the medicine that I was on was probably one of the strongest chemo meds invented. You know, God is good okay. because even when I was first diagnosed, I've already declared and decreed I wasn't going to go out like that. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, sure. because you know, you know, once people are diagnosed, they, sh they run straight to YouTube. Yeah. Google, yeah. you know, everybody's telling their experience thinking because this person had this experience, that was going to happen to us. Correct. But I've already declared um, I wasn't going out like that. And I was already healed, you know, from the beginning. Okay. So, um, and I just thank the Lord because I'm telling you, um, I have not, as far as the nausea and vomiting, all the horror stories that you hear, mm -hmm. I have not gone through any of that. Okay. What's interesting about that is, you know, I've been doing this a really long time, which means I'm old, basically. But <laughs> but 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 there has been research and data to try to, you know, to try to uh, communicate the dynamic of the role of spirituality and, and what uh -huh. it plays mentally, emotionally and potentially got legally. I have to use the word potentially to one physically when they have cancer and and what the data does say 
is that people of faith are they're more hopeful. They're they're more encouraged. Uh, they draw strength from the divine uh, in terms of their relationship with with their higher power that that helps them to to maneuver and work through the rigors of treatment and care. And what I'm hearing you say for you specifically is that your sense of spirituality and your relationship with your spirituality has afforded you uh, the ability to kind of work through your treatment and care with with very little negative side effects. And I think that that's a fantastic thing. But it doesn't. Yeah. What's interesting, though, and I want to make sure I make this point, and I made it with your sister as well. But what you did not say, and I'm glad that you did not say it, is that you did not utilize your faith to be a substitute for your medical treatment and care. And I think a lot of people confuse those two. Let's talk about the fact that, you know, did you ever feel conflicted with your faith by using good medical care? And if not, you know, what would you how would you encourage others to, you know, get a second opinion? I know one of the things that you mentioned uh, in the first show that you and your sister, you know, get a second opinion, get a third opinion. That means that you're you're encouraging people to go to the medical community and seek out information and make sure that you're aligning yourself with good medical practices. Let's talk about the balance between medicine and science, faith and spirituality, and how you've been able to manage the balance of both of those. Well, can we go backwards a little? Because I don't want to make it seem as if, you know, this has been a joyride okay. <laughs> when it comes to chemo. Yeah, let's, let's clarify. Let's clarify. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, people ask us all the time, you know, how are you all doing? And, you know, and I always told them I, I'm not, I'm not suffering. I haven't been going through the challenges of vomiting and, you know, falling all out with the vomiting and nausea, mm-hmm. but let's not get it wrong. I do have um, side effects. Okay. 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 They're minor as far as the um, skin pigmentation, the discoloration of my hands, my tongue, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I have the sickle cell trait. And sometimes, you know, people don't understand, even though you have sickle cell trait, but when you're going through chemo, you can actually go through a pain crisis. Okay. Pain crisis. Okay. Okay. So I have experienced that. Okay. So okay. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want the listeners to make it seem as if it's just been hunky-dory because it isn't. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think it's, I, and I, I appreciate you telling me to back up for a second. And if I overstated that, I appreciate the the, the correction because again, which I think is important. Uh, uh, you, we, we don't want to message uh, incorrectly the fact that, you know, like you right. said, every day you've been standing on top of the faith mountain with your cape flowing in the air. You've had some days and some, some things that you've had to work through, but your faith has enabled you to work through them and to continue to move on. And I thank you for sharing that. Let's talk about yeah. uh, this dynamic of getting a second and third opinion. Uh, you made the point. I'm glad that you did. Why do you think it's important to get a second or maybe even a third opinion? Why is that so important in your opinion? Well, to be honest with you, I hope no one's going to get upset with me. But everybody knows that when it comes to us, there is medical racism out there. OK. OK. So to this point, allow me to read some information from the American Cancer Society's website that may further crystallize this point. And I quote. Cancer disparities in the black community, African-Americans, have a higher cancer burden and face greater obstacles to cancer prevention, detection, treatment, and survival. In fact, black people have the highest death rate and shortest survival of any racial ethnic group for most cancers in the United States. Research has shown that 
prostate cancer, number one, uh, death rates in black men are more than double those of every other racial ethnic group. Number two, that black women are 40% more likely to die of breast cancer than white women and are twice as likely to die if they're over 50. And then number three, about a third of African-American women reported experiencing racial discrimination at a health provider visit. Please continue with the rest of your commentary. As far as the second opinion is um, concerned, I think that um, we have to do our research. You know, even if it takes, because I believe that at least they had at least three uh, opinions, you know, we have to do our research. We cannot always rely on our doctors. I mean, we can't. We have to be um, advocates as far as educating ourselves on the diagnosis. Sure. We can't always take our doctor's word for it. Yeah. You know, we can't be in a situation to where we're going along to get along. Okay. Because like I said, certain individuals... I'm sorry, we don't always get the best care. Okay. We don't. Yeah. And even when, it, and I say that because, you know, people don't understand that when it comes to breast cancer medicine, you know, in order to have, um, there's so many different forms of cancer, but, um, you know, African-American women, are we are not being invited to clinical trials. You know, that's just a fact. Yeah, it is a fact. It is, it's another fact and people can go out and research that. That's exactly correct. You're right. Yes. So that's why I said we have to do our research. You know, we're not being invited to trials. So there's, th- there's certain things that we have to do on our side to make sure that we receive the best care possible. Yep. I you know, agree. because the medicine that's given to us, we did not, we were not on that clinical trial for that medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So our mortality, our mortality rate is so much different yep. than other individuals. It is. That's just a fact. It according is. to the American Cancer Society. It is. You know, so we have to do our research. I can't express that enough. No. We have to educate ourselves. It's 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 a it's a very important component. And what's interesting, you know, here lately, and I don't know why, but I think it's because of this dynamic that you know the majority of conversations that I've had over the last month and a half have been breast cancer, African American women with breast cancer, and so because there's something there. And again, we want to be clear, and everyone who's listened to this show over any extended period of time knows that, you know, I talk to all groups, all racial backgrounds, orientations, and spiritual orientations as well. Uh, But I think that it is an important message that we need not to lose sight of. And having said that, let's talk about another kind of taboo topic, particularly in the African-American church community or spiritual community. You made this point during your last uh, episode when I was speaking to both you and your sister, and that is about seeking professional support and care, therapy, a psychologist, a, a counselor, someone that you can sit down and talk to. Let's talk about it, sis. Why do you feel so passionate about this? Well, as I mentioned in um, my interview earlier, well, um, the last interview, as black women, you know, and, and like I said, um, Alicia and I were guilty of this as far as trying to play the role of superwoman. Oh, we don't need any help, turning mm. down help, mm-hmm. you know, but when you're diagnosed with something like this, nothing can prepare you for this, Yeah, you know, especially when you have a twin sister who's also being diagnosed back to back. Absolutely. The amount of stress, I mean, your mind is all over the place. You know, I can't even express it, you know, for me not to, um, and, and not to mention, you know, I'm very, very, yes, I am the oldest by 12 minutes, but, I'm very overprotective of my sister. Okay. So it's amazing because even when I found out about her diagnosis, I felt more for her than myself. Mm. You know, 
I just didn't want her to have to go through that. I would have preferred to just go through it on my own. Got you know? It. Got it. So um, that's how overprotective I am of her. So, you know, it hit hard. I mean, it really, really did. You know, I'm, I'm tearing up right now. But um, it is a lot. Yeah. And I um, I was talking to one of my coworkers or whatever, and she mentioned that maybe I should, you know, speak with the psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have a program at our um, at our hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the employee assistance program. And I'm so thankful. You know, we have psychologists. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, my insurance also covers just a regular counselor therapist. Right. So I took advantage of both of them. Good. <laughs> you know, I took advantage of both of them because I'm like, I need to, you know, try to maneuver this the best way that I can. Because people don't understand. Yes, um, I've already declared healing. God has already showed me healing as far as the ultrasound, everything. But you're still dealing with that emotional and mental aspect of the diagnosis itself. Yes. It doesn't go away. Yeah. This is going to be a part of me for the rest of my life. Yeah, and it has to, and, it, and you're right, it has to be processed through it. I, I've done a couple of shows talking about this very dynamic, and we can't ignore it. We can't suppress it, to your point. You know, we can't just push it aside and ignore it because it's still sitting there. You're exactly right, sis. It is still sitting there, and it can and will manifest itself somewhere else later on in another way that we would not even suspect. So you are a thousand percent correct. And I appreciate your courage in being so open and forthright because we're now living in a day and age where mental health and health and wellness and well-being that we have to address our mental and emotional you know, health and well-being. And you're right. I think that this is probably chronic among women in general who tend uh-huh. to be who tend to take care of everyone else except themselves, you know, their children, their, their spouses, you know, they're, they're taking care of everything for everybody, but they ignore their own mental, emotional, and physical health. And so I appreciate you sharing that and the fact that you're utilizing that. And I want to encourage you and others to continue to do so. And that that's not, that's not out of the will of God. As a matter of fact, it's in the will of God. (laughs) It's in the will of God. And I just don't, I, I, People don't understand that when it comes to seeking a therapist or counselor, that's part of self-care in which a lot of black women, you know, we're always taking care of somebody else, Correct. but never ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely having true. a counselor is part of self-care and it's okay. Yeah. It it's is. okay to say that you're not okay. It is okay. <laughs> During this medical journey. <laughs> it is okay to say you're not okay. I think that's going to be the title of this show. It's okay to say you're not okay. Having said that, You're still undergoing treatment, both you and your sis. We've talked to both of you guys now, and I love you guys so much. I love your energy and your spirit. (laughs) And uh, I I appreciate so much that you guys get my attention, because otherwise I don't know how I would have met you. What, at this point right now in the journey that you're in, you're still on the journey, you're still fighting the good fight of faith. What is it that keeps keeps you hopeful? What is it that gives you hope today to continue to move forward, my dear, as we close? Well... Of course, I faith in God. I'm yeah. never going to forget him. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, no. I'm never, ever going to forget him. Yeah. So sometimes when I have those bad days, you know, it's so funny because when I first got diagnosed, remember, I, I had mentioned to you that um, I ran out of the radiologist out of the nurse's station. And um, um, I, when I finally got home, it was myself and mm. other family members of one of my mm. close girlfriends. And this was before Alicia was diagnosed. And she was like, okay. Well, what is the prognosis? And from the beginning, you know, I said, I don't know. I didn't ask. I said, because my (laughs) spiritual prognosis is Isaiah 53.5, and that's what I'm going to stand on. 
to this day, I can't even tell you what my prognosis is. I can only tell you what my spiritual prognosis is. And okay. that's Isaiah 53, 5. So that alone gets me through, you know? And so when I have those bad days, you know, I have to keep repeating that verse, you know, by his stripes, I'm healed. Yeah. And I believe that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, sis. And I, I stand with you. If I'm However many other people, you whatever your camp Whoever your tribe and your <laughs> army is, just count as me as one additional. I'm standing with you, and I'm standing with your sister, Alicia, as well. And we are Thank expecting you. good things to happen to you guys. We declare uh, that you will live and not die and declare the works of the that's Lord. Right. And that, you know, that's, that's going to be your testimony. And, uh, you know, uh, as I've said to many cancer patients, uh, and i said it about myself, one day I'm going to die, but not necessarily today and not necessarily from cancer. And so with that, yeah, that's right. I'm in agreement with you, and we continue to expect good things to happen to you. Thank you so much. And continue yeah. uh, uh, all the things that both you and your sis are doing. And, you know, maybe six months from now, we'll circle back and see how you guys are doing, see what else is going yeah. on. And uh, what else? Great. Yeah. And what else the Lord is doing in your life. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Continued health and wellness to both you guys. Go get them. Dynamic duo, Wonder Twins. Uh, <laughs> we love you to life and not to death here on Health, Hope and Inspiration. Thank you so much, Aletta. I appreciate you so much. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. All right. God bless. And we'll talk about what we learned from Aletta and Percy here in just a moment. And thanks to Percy for putting the work in to bring these guests to us each week. Well, have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With City of Hope for Alexa, now you can. The City of Hope for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at City of Hope. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable City of Hope to any Amazon device. And you can also access this tool in any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. Percy, I think you've hit for the cycle, as they say in baseball now. We uh, <laughs> talked to uh, both sisters together, and then you got them uh, to talk with you individually. But we learned something different from each one, didn't we? We really did. And 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 I'm grateful for this interview. I'm grateful for, you know, having a, a unique experience with, uh, um, with someone in the cancer community that I've never engaged before. And that's, you know twin siblings right. who've had cancer basically within the same time frame or each other. A That's a very, story. Yeah. very unique for me. So, yeah. and I've, I've covered some ground. So you're right with that. Uh, you know, of course, uh, Aletta here is uh, the 12 minute older. And she wanted to make that point very clear. Older <laughs> they always do, don't they? <laughs> sibling. Uh, and, and she, you know, she's very, as she stated, very overprotective of her sister. And she, and amazingly, she said, that when she found out about her diagnosis, she felt bad for her, uh, for her, for her sister. She said, um, "I just didn't want her to have to go through that. I, mm. I, I would have preferred to just go through this on my own and not have my sister go through this." So she really felt uh, something for her sister in that regard, and that, I, I thought that that was very interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah, in the interview, of course, you talked a lot about therapy and mental health. Is this something you plan to talk about, or did she bring it up first? Well, she brought it up. One of the things that she stated is that she felt a lot of stress when she was initially told that she had cancer because both of them at the time of the recording are still undergoing active treatment. And I think it's important to just to underline that. So they're still in the midst of their journey. 
but she said she felt a lot of stress. And as a result, she she came to terms with not turning down receiving help. You know, she said she took advantage of seeing a therapist, a psychologist. She said they help, they are helping her to figure out how to maneuver the best way she needs to through her process. And I think that that was the overarching message and takeaway that that I think I want to encourage people again uh, to understand that, you know, if you need help, seek help. You know, mm-hmm. if you need to talk with someone, it's okay to do so. Yeah. Each person is so different, aren't we? And, and we're grateful that we are. We really, otherwise, one of us would not be necessary, as the mm-hmm. as the old saying goes, right? But she chose uh, not to hear a prognosis. Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, it was interesting when she said that. And I've talked to you know I've experienced this with other cancer patients before. There are some cancer patients who wants to know a prognosis, and they and in some cases they want their doctor to try to give them as best as they can. You know, you know spell it all out to me in very clear and simple terms and don't hold anything back. And then on the flip side, to your point, there are some patients who don't want that information. Some people who say, listen, I don't need that. I don't want that. And in this particular case, she says she didn't want to hear the pro- the medical prognosis from her doctor. She said that she's going to operate from a spiritual prognosis Interesting. that basically says that, you know, by her, by, by the stripes of, of Jesus, she's healed. And that she's going to speak from that affirmation, and that's going to be her her guiding, uh, her north star, if you will, in terms of how she's going to pursue her, her process. And so uh, she says to this day she doesn't know what her prognosis is, and she said, "I can only tell you that my my spiritual prognosis is Isaiah fifty three and five, and that's what I'm working from, and that's what I sat in front of me." And I thought it was a very interesting school of thought, and she has a right to do that. There's no right or wrong here, is there? No, no, it's not. I mean, as long as she is. Here's where the caveat that I will add, and you know our position here on this platform and my position is as long as she is still uh, seeking and receiving good medical treatment and care, uh, I have zero problem with her saying that she doesn't want to hear a prognosis from a medical perspective, that she has set forth before her a vision of the prognosis that she chooses to, to believe and expect to happen to her, but she's doing that within the construct of still receiving good medical care and good medical treatment. And I can work with that, and I'm okay with that at the end of the day. That doesn't bother me at all. Not at all. Well, there was great value in what she shared with us today. And again, thank you to both sisters for contributing to the program here, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And if you have a question or a comment you'd like to leave, our website stands ready to serve you in that regard. It's healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can also download our free featured resource, The Pursuit of Quality Living. All right, let's return to Proverbs as we begin to think about wrapping up this edition. Percy? Yep. Uh, Spiritual nugget as we close the way that we started, Proverbs 11 and 14. And again, this feeds right into the idea of seeking counsel and talking to others if you feel that you need to do so. Well, here's what the Holy Scripture tells us. Where there is no where where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude, in the multitude, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So there's something to be said. And again, obviously, we all should be mindful of who we are talking to and who we allow to speak into our consciousness, right? But there is something to be said to not isolating and insulating yourself to such a degree that you don't reach out to anyone, you don't receive wisdom or counsel from anyone. There is safety. There is a benefit. And in this particular case, uh, Aletta made it very clear. She said, don't turn down any help. If you need it, 
reach out and speak to a therapist. If you need a psychologist, if you need someone that you need to kind of unpack your emotions and feelings, uh, anxieties to feel free to do so. And so with that being said today, uh, where there is no counsel, the people uh, fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And I think that there is wisdom there for sure. Indeed. I just thought of this, but uh, those twin sisters have built-in counselors, don't they? They have each other. (laughs) They do. They absolutely do. No question about that. Well, thanks for listening, and thanks for all you do to encourage us with your comments, your questions, and your support of health, hope, and inspiration. Percy, you are a blessing to us. Thanks for your work to put these conversations together, but you've got an assignment, as you always do for us. Absolutely. Again, remember, we've got work to do, and we need to continue to do our part. So keep chopping the wood. Don't give up and don't give in. Tomorrow potentially is a better day. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.